we go. Um, episode. This is it. Episode one fifty nine. I believe. I forgot to double check that. Congratulations. Yes, I think it's episode one fifty nine. Uh, making a big deal. The only reason I remember is because last week Andy Kindler was here and he teased me a lot about one fifty eight. Like that meant something. <laughs> but this is no laugh track podcast. My name is Justin Severson. I am here. Oh, thank you to Circle of Heat for letting us play their music as always. I I think this is a first time here, not the first time for this guest. He's been here two times on this podcast already. Oh yeah, two memorable times. I didn't need to tell all of you listening. It's almost too memorable. <laughs> two two t o o t w o wearing a tutu 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 memorable. <laughs> it's Mike Kaplan. Hello, he is here, and I think it's a first because uh, last night I got to watch him on TV while. He was here at Acme. How did you do that? Uh, I watched myself on TV as well, so it was not happening live. Uh, sorry to spoil. I hope that wasn't a secret that Shit. I wasn't meant to reveal. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, they're like, here's the thing. It's uh, I'm, I'm on America's Got Talent this season, yes. and and they what, they tell us when we're going to be on, and they're like, hey, tell tell everybody that you're going to be on, and then also they encourage us to live tweet, you know, to, to tweet during it and support everybody. So clearly, like you know, I they they know that we're not going to be you know like try to try to hide your you know we're not. On the screen. No and also, one come yeah. to my show at Acme Tuesday. I'm in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm where undisclosed location at, at a time and a place doesn't matter. Yeah, no. So it was. Uh, it was fun to do. I was uh, actually just back in the office uh, watching watching myself, and then immediately after the show ended, uh, it was right time for me to get on stage. Really? Oh yeah. Oh how cool! It was kind of perfect. Yeah. That that that's got to be. Awesome. Yeah, it was I mean, it was it was a, a super thrill. It's uh it's you know, it's you never know also, you know, I don't know like I know obviously I had filmed it already, <laughs> so I knew some of what I had said and what had happened, but you know you also don't know like how it's going to turn out. Like the I'd been on two weeks earlier yep. and the first time they showed me it was only about like nineteen seconds and my grandmother was like, That's it, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just grateful for every opportunity. You know, <laughs> like it looked they showed me like joking and then the audience laughing, like what more can I want? Yeah. And my grandmother's like, more! They had your name. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. the first time, I don't think they did put my name on the screen. Oh. Uh, they did put it on their website. Like, there was, like, oh, a 19-second okay. clip uh, that you can watch where it says, Mike Kaplan deadpans his way into the next <laughs> round. Uh, so, I, I that was nice. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of nice feedback. But, yeah, so that was, it's been a, a whirlwind of a week, you know, going, uh, I did like a bunch of radio interviews Monday morning. Uh, they set up sort of a little radio oh, you tour. Did, you did one of those, okay. To, to promote, uh, you know, call into different, par- all different parts of the country. Uh, and you had to do the, uh, well, I, you should just tune in and find out how I do. Super excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Real, like, who knows? Hope I, hope I continue. <laughs> did they, uh, did they send people to do the press uh, junket like you did uh, if they don't advance? Is that I, a dumb question? I it's definitely not a the only dumb question <laughs> is that one actually yeah no uh, I I legitimately don't I mean I only know my own experience yeah. uh, it wasn't it was just you know they're like you do this yeah. uh, so. It would be, I guess, like, you know, weirdly sort of, I mean, if afterwards everybody looked back and was like, hey, they had us interview this person and this person and this person, <laughs> like they could really put it together yeah. uh, and, and be like, next year, I think we know what's going to happen. <laughs> but so it is, I know that when I did Last Comic Standing, uh, they would, like, they came to my house, like, before they even knew that I was, you know, advancing as far as I did. Like, they did, like, a little uh, piece with me, you know, I was packing up to leave, and, like, my oh, yeah. my girlfriend was there, and, you know, they, they walked around my neighborhood with me, and it was kind of a cool thing, and, but there was no guarantee that they were going to use that, so I know, and I know some other people who they did that with, and it, they didn't show as much right. of, because... I've heard those stories about Last Comic Standing, Because yeah. ultimately, you know, like, it's all, you know, it's all sort of, not arbitrary, but, like, there's so many great comedians Mm-hmm. And there's so many, you know, in on this show, like talented people that they're taking thou- like a thousand times as much video footage yeah. as they need. So like I'm like, oh, man, I said so many great things. I'm like, I am very happy with like the the arc that they that they showed yesterday. It was, yeah. uh, it was I, I feel good. I was uh, that was a neat surprise. I thought it would just be, you know, Mike Kaplan going up and doing stand up. But no, they did the old. I just. Not only did I just meet your girlfriend before we started recording, but oh, yeah. I saw her last night on TV. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And uh, since yes, yeah, so that was uh, recorded, she was like, across the country. And uh, uh, we have since like just she I flew out there and f- drove her across the country. So now we do both live in New York now. Look at that. Uh, the distance is short. Aww. So yeah. So hopefully she'll be able to attend the next the, the live rounds at Radio City. Yeah. Very, wow. That's really cool. 
A, a quick update there. Absolutely, yeah. If for those who are just tuning in uh, <laughs> to my life, uh, yeah, I did. A, I did a tour of comedy shows across the country. Like I flew out to LA mid June, and then uh, I did a tour called the uh, Moving My Girlfriend and All Her Belongings Across the Country, and also doing shows along the way. Uh, comedy tour. <laughs> it was super fun. We hit like you know we stayed with a cousin of hers in Tucson and like a college friend of mine in Austin and you know a few hotels and uh, a few wherever. Were these comedy club shows or just anywhere you along uh, the way that made sense? Uh, some you know the fir- honestly the first one that I booked was like we I planned to do it and I've done a few like sort of do it yourself kind of tours. Like I realized like it's nice to. Uh, you know, have my sometimes I have my agent who's like, "Hey, uh, Acme called and they want you, so you're yeah. going there for a week." And I'm like, "Yes, I am. I love it." Like, yeah. you know, one of my maybe I think my consistently my favorite uh, club to do, uh, and legitimately, uh, I'm happy to be able to say that honestly. Yeah, uh, it's just so nice every awesome time here. I'm here. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like last night, Tuesday night. Packed crowd on a, a summer on a on a Tuesday, mm-hmm. like it's sort of going up against you on TV and the All Star Game. Absolutely, yeah. I didn't even know about any of those. I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm on TV. I'm an All Star. Oh, okay, great. It's a game. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I remember I booked a show. I got an offer from my agent. So some some of the stuff I booked myself. But one I got a, an email from uh, my booking agent and said, Hey, do you want to go to Lafayette? And I was like, oh, yeah, that'll be like right around the beginning. I looked at it and I was like, I think that's near Los Angeles. And then I looked it up. And I was like, oh, it's actually Lafayette, California is closer to San Francisco. But great. I'll fly out to California. I'll do that show. I'll pick up the girlfriend and all her stuff. And then we'll zoom across, do a bunch of shows. The next day, I got an email from somebody in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And they're like, since I see you're coming to Louisiana, would you like to do a show? And I was like, oh, I think you've made a mistake. And I legitimately, uh, I don't know if you know this, that L.A. stands for Los Angeles, but also Louisiana. So... <laughs> I I booked a show in Lafayette, L.A., Louisiana, thinking it was California, (laughs) and I was like, I looked at the map, and I'm like, can I do that? And it was actually perfectly, like, right in the middle. No way. I was like, as long as we take this southern route. Uh, So that's when, and my girlfriend was like, I have a cousin in Tucson. I'm like, great, Tucson, Austin, Lafayette. Uh, wow, and then I had done. Do you, do you know Zach Sherwin, the yeah. uh, really great friend of mine, comedy comedian mm-hmm. and rapper, a comedy comedian and rap and rapper, mm-hmm. uh, and vice versa. Nice. And s- the past couple of years, we went, we did like a in August a two to three week tour that we mostly booked ourselves, yeah. like just through the southeast. So I reached out to a couple of those contacts, like a guy I know in D.C., somebody I know in South Carolina, uh, somebody I know in Huntsville, Alabama, and just you know filled in all the dates necessary, and we had sort of like a productive but leisurely, uh, you know, jaunt across the country. Look at that. Did you do any sightseeing? Did you take any breaks? We were in Austin for three days because uh, I, I didn't have a show every night. Like, I had a show at least every other night, and then we had towards the end every night. But uh, so some days we were just driving. Like, we did 12 hours from in one day from Tucson to Austin. We got in at night. Then the next day had a show, and then Friday didn't have to leave, so we, like, went to these natural springs, and uh, Casey, my girlfriend, swam, and I we went to this uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson uh, wild Wildflower Center and walked wow. around and like you know swung on a, a swing made out of a tree and uh, we went to one other th- oh this a uh, sculpture garden so yeah and we saw Inside Out there that which was have you seen that movie no oh, I want to badly it's so w- one of the greatest I've heard uh, we saw it, it's the only movie that I've seen twice in a theater in a long time wow. Uh, Did you tear up? Can I? I oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. It's uh, not like my girlfriend. She was crying. The I also did. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> it's heard. it's just a beautiful, a beautiful, funny uh, piece of art. Uh, so yeah, we did that. We oh, and I, we saw that movie at the uh, Alamo Draft House. Do you know that? Yeah. Line of, they're uh-huh. like just a really nice. You know, they have a menu and wait wait service. Yeah. Like, very uh, cool. Uh, so yeah, we did that. Uh, and then yeah, a couple other places. I forget some of the places we just had to like zoom in. Like, find the Whole Foods, eat food, do the show, go to sleep, get up, zoom out. Well, I was going to ask you that. Uh, so, you, we've talked about you being a vegan on this um, podcast. What? Um, I am? Yeah. It's true. Oh, yeah. It's true. It's no secret. And uh, I don't like to tell people. How about your, uh, how about your g- girlfriend? She is also vegan. She is? Okay. Yeah. She actually, I believe, she was vegetarian before I met her and vegan before I met her, but she was a fan of mine before we met, and she said that... Uh, Hearing me talk about it was one of the reasons I think that she made the step to become to go from vegetarian to vegan. Crazy. 
How was it on a uh, being on a road trip and having to find food to eat? You know, uh, here's the. I was asked that. Uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. <laughs> Please uh, do. Start people, now. people ask that question. Yeah, the, from this point on, only now <laughs> for this segment. I'm going to. It'll be about 30 seconds. If you don't, spoiler alert. If you don't want any honesty, just skip ahead. Uh, but uh, on the on the radio jaunt that I had on yeah. on Monday morning. Uh, a few people asked me that, and so I sort of like, you know, you know the way that as a comedian, you know, sometimes like in New York, you can jump from set to set and you hone a bit. So like I kind of honed the answer to oh, that okay, question, okay, which okay. is like I used to just tell people basically the truth, not for not as fun, but uh, here's the truth as fun. All right. Which is like it's here's the here's the truth. Like you go on the road. I mean, number one, every city these days has like has you know if not a vegetarian restaurant, they've got uh, a restaurant with some options. But yep. you know, worst case scenario, in the middle of nowhere, like there's always an Asian restaurant with vegetables there's uh, a supermarket with a produce section you can go to the park and just eat some grass you know uh you can just starve like gandhi you can die the ultimate vegan thing your body feeds the plants so come come out to acme while i'm here and hear me say that to a bunch of people laughing with laugh track provided naturally by people that's right uh i I love that but no drive-thrus obviously no i mean in there in LA, there's like uh, things that are more like fast food vegetarian places. Like there's a place called Veggie Grill, which is like you know m- a much healthier than most you know ordinary fast food, I would say. Yeah. But still, they have you know some fried things. Some you know you could you could get fat eating there. <laughs> if, don't worry, people. You can still be a good old fat American. Yes, yes, yes. If you want, <laughs> it's up to you. Don't take that away. You choose. <laughs> uh, I want to go. Uh, I don't want to go too far away from uh, Amer- America's Got Talent here. I have a Okay. more questions about that. How- Can I say real quick, uh, choose the fat. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like that a lot. Got to try to remember that. Got to jot that down. You're, okay. You can be like Andy Kindler. Oh, you are. You're going to are you going to write that down right now? Say that. Oh yeah. Yes, cuz Andy was doing that last week taking uh, that's a good one. I'm that's the thing. Sometimes on a podcast I will say a thing that I like and sometimes I'll pull out my recorder and be like, "Guys, uh we have to stop the natural flow of conversation <laughs> and just get back to the this is more important. This is for the future audiences <laughs> that look, I'm caring more about the the masses than I am about you individually right now. I don't respect your time, but I do respect the world and it's a utilitarian thing uh i'm like, I'm like now i forgot it no sometimes <laughs> sometimes i'll be like oh maybe i'll listen back later and i, I you know I, I think it's impossible for me to listen to everything that i say because i keep saying other things <laughs> uh good, good point um why why america's got talent now uh you know i since i did i did last comic standing in 2010 and I had, I think the year before, I'd done, like, a bunch of contests. This was sort of, like, I just started, you know, doing, like, late-night sets on TV. Uh, and I was still, like, trying to just do anything, you know, trying to, like, you know, most people didn't know. Most, most people still don't know who I am. There's billions of people in the world. And as I understand it, most of them uh, don't even speak English. So, I mean, they maybe they would enjoy my face. Uh, but... Uh, I remember, so when I did all these contests, I used to do them a lot, and it was like, you know, I honestly, I believe that, uh, like, life is not a competition. Like, there's, even if somebody wins a comedy competition or a talent competition, it doesn't mean that other people aren't funny or talented. Mm -hmm. It's just, I like that Last Comic Standing show, like, you know, shows the world comedians like, you know, Gary Goldman and Amy Schumer Mm -hmm. and Todd Glass and Kathleen Madigan, like, Roy Wood Jr., Tommy John, like, Mike D. There's so many amazing comedians, like, get... Filtered through this thing. Oh yeah, uh, and like same thing with you know America's Got Talent. People are like, why are what like why are you doing it? It's such a weird thing to be like, are you funnier than a crossbow? You know, <laughs> and I mean I think so. I mean I'm a little scared of a crossbow. funnier. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Abs- is that? I hope that's the show. <laughs> yeah. uh, crossbow through an arrow on your own head. Not that funny. <laughs> uh, kind of scary actually, but uh, good at the end. Uh, glad everybody's alive. That was a nervous laugh. That doesn't count. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're just worried about death. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where comedy comes from as well, possibly. <laughs> but uh, I, so, I mean, I remember uh, Ted Alexander is a comedian that I respect immensely. Do you know him, Ted, uh, from New York? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's been here. Uh, <laughs> Ted, I remember, like, didn't try out for Last Comic Standing. And, like, when we've talked about it, I think maybe we were on a podcast together discussing it. And he's like, he's certainly not judging or disparaging. He's just like, for me, because I know, like, for me, comedy, you know, art is not a competition. He's like, I don't want to participate in a show that presents it as such. Okay. And I'm like, that's, I completely, that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. I respect that. And so then on top of that, also, why not do it? You yeah. know, 
because like my goal is just to be doing comedy like to live and do comedy and have anyone who would enjoy my comedy know about it yeah. be able to purchase it come see it get it acquire it experience it and like doing these shows like doing last comic standing was like the f- the first like major like you know your career in comedy is like what was your big break and usually Back in the day when it was it was Carson, that was the only big break possible. Yeah. Uh, or you went, you know, Montreal got a development deal, got a sitcom. That's your big break. But today, I mean, even like there's probably sitcoms like that, that people don't know because there's there's so many opportunities, so oh, many yeah. shows, so many channels, so many not even TV anymore. You know, so many web places. Whoop. There goes some there ice. Goes some ice. <laughs> knocked some ice. Every uh, guys, we're t- <laughs> keeping you. You're right in the room with us. Uh, <laughs> Two cubes. Yeah, I knocked. Uh, the, what happened was I knocked the straw out of my glass and it flipped some ice. It was pretty impressive if I did it on purpose. <laughs> America's Got Talent. Here I come and am. Um, Act two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's agged. They pronounce it agt. Agged. Hey. Agged two. It's hard to say. I don't know why they do that. It should be America's Caught Talent. <laughs> hey, what's your act? Act. America's Caught Talent. I'll start saying it like that. Are you saying caught? I gotta go. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, so the, it, these days, like when you start doing comedy, I mean, some people think like, oh man, do you want a sitcom? And like, maybe you do, but ultimately most people who start doing comedy don't get a sitcom. Uh, even if you get to do, you know, I got to do the tonight show that wasn't like, oh, Hey, now you work, uh, forever as a millionaire. Right. Like I, it's just, everything's gradual. Everything's a step. Everything's like a notch on the belt or, you sure. know, uh, and you feel a feather in the cap. You know, everything's like something to your clothing. Uh, <laughs> you get a cap, a feather in Mike Kaplan, you know, that's, uh, uh, honest, to be honest with you guys uh, who are listening, that is a thing that I have said before, uh, and apologized for in the past. So, so no more, don't need to do it again. Uh, but last comic standing was like the first thing that like really like you know the next day after I was on it and uh, did well like you know so many Twitter followers oh I've so told many... you that's the first place I saw you oh yeah I mean, absolutely most people I think still to this day like uh, come out to see me uh, and after the show if they're like the first place we saw you almost always is mm-hmm. Last Comic Standing uh, and so that that was such a great opportunity uh, I was really happy with how things went you know made a lot of great friends had a, you know made a lot of great fans like actually the very first time I was here was the day after that season ended yeah. I, I flew from Los Angeles uh, finding out uh, I was the fourth runner up <laughs> uh, and uh, and I was you know it was kind of like obviously would have would have loved to you know uh, have a quarter million dollars <laughs> uh, I'm sure over the course of my life I'll know people who have that uh, <laughs> and but it was it was so you know like I think you know I, I was as disappointed as you know I try to live in in the in the moment in the present be grateful for what I have, uh, but of course you know we're all like oh okay well we didn't win most of us and then but the next day I got to fly here and I'd never been I'd only heard and then I had just like a week of like I think almost every show completely sold out from awesome. Tuesday to Saturday yeah. and so like my you know my career was like noticeably changed from mm-hmm. that point on and I was like great now, people know who I am no more contests and so to answer your question this year uh, my manager just like. I think called me or emailed me and was like, save this date because we got you on audition for America's Got Talent. And I was like, when I first did Last Comic Standing with my, with, I was like, I, I wanted to do it. And I asked my manager, I'm like, uh, can you help me, you know, maybe get like, get an audition for this thing? And he's like, he's like, I don't know about that show, but I guess you could win it. So let's do it. Oh, uh, wow. And, I mean, like, you know, he's, he was sort of he's he's sort of paid to be you know not like cynical but like realistic about like uh, you know they they could take you know they could film you and then not do anything they could make you look however they want whatever whatever it is like ultimately I was thrilled to be on the season you know where Andy Kindler was the judge and yeah. Greg Geraldo and Natasha Leggero like it was a they really emphasized the comedy so it mm-hmm. ended up being such a great choice and opportunity and I feel like that is. He pitched he, the same thing happened with America. I was like, "Do I?" I this time it was reversed. I was like, "Do I want to do America's Got Talent?" <laughs> and he's like, "I know what you mean, but you could win, so you should try it." Uh, I mean, because ultimately, number one, they've been having great, you know, Taylor Williamson, uh, Wendy Liebman, yes, Tom Wendy Cotter, Liebman. Dan Natterman, Doogie Horner, like you know, friends, great comedians have been on the show and have, have looked good. Mm-hmm. And like the worst, the worst thing that happens with any of these things is what what I always say is. The worst thing, the worst thing that happens, even if they make me look the worst, is like tomorrow my life is the same, mm-hmm. like I as as it was before. Like it's almost definitely going to be better, but worst case neutral, yeah. and then I just keep living my life because nobody remembers. You know, maybe maybe for like one day they're like, oh, that's the guy that I guess, and then it's just forgotten about. Nobody like m- marks down in their calendar. Definitely don't go to see this guy. <laughs> 
Like it's such a such a weird thing. Like you're, yeah, I'm not gonna lose. I'm not gonna have fans that are like, oh, I was wrong to be his fan. Disappointing. Yeah. Uh, I guess he's not. I thought you get better with age, but uh, too mainstream now. Yeah. <laughs> that is a thing. Like that some people. I mean, are like, is it is it difficult to uh, to say things that that children can hear? You know that. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, nope. I uh, you know, there's a lot of words. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, it, it, and it's kind of like a, a you know. It's not a game that I that I want to play all the time. Like I love coming here and being able to be like I can say all the words, mm-hmm. like all the topics, talk about whatever I want. Yeah. It's my choice. But then when when you have constraints, sometimes that leads to greater creativity. Yeah. Uh, did you have trouble picking what you were going to do for that for these sets? Uh, you know, I I get not trouble, but it's certainly over the course of my. Uh, you know, the the 12 or 13 years that I've been doing comedy, I've written uh, more than 90 seconds worth of jokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what actually what I did was to plan this set. Uh, actually, I, it's weird. I, I think I for everything, I like I went back through, I listened to my the three albums that I've released. And one of which was recorded here. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Meet Robot in yeah. two, 2012 recorded, 2013 released. Uh, and because and there's definitely jokes on them that like, if you if you told me the joke, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's my joke. Of course, I know that joke. Uh, but I kind of had to like relearn like and remember some of them really? to be like, I think th- because I did some, you know, right now I'm doing jokes that I've and material that I've written in basically the past two years. Anything that I wrote before two years would have uh, would have been uh, already recorded, and I'm like, great. That's done. Yeah. Uh, but for this, because now it's you know an audience of millions of people that haven't listened to all of my albums, that haven't seen most of my late night sets, that probably don't know who I am at all. Uh, I definitely like have done a mix of like some jokes that are, that are already like from the past. Okay. And some like the idea like do you ever say like I used to have this joke where, which is a weird thing because like I used to have it like what happened to it like <laughs> you know I used to have a child but then it grew up and now it's <laughs> I mean it's still my child but like it's not a child so like when a joke grows up and you know goes. Uh, that's a uh, goodbye joke and like and no doubt it's like a family reunion. I'll send come, you money. Yeah, come on back joke. Yeah, hey, can I can I train you for a second to uh to do the thing that can you play again? Can you do the thing? Um but yeah, I, I listened like I was on a drive to to a gig somewhere, you know, a few hours and so I listened to all three albums and just sort of made note of like these are you know short jokes and good jokes like jokes that i like jokes that i still stand by that represent things that i believe and would want people to know about and hear me say and so i like i you know i came up with maybe you know 10 minutes of stuff that i'm like this could be good and then i sort of you know work with the producers to say like these are the ideas that i have and then they say like like some are okay some are not whatever they give their feedback and uh and then it so it's like it is definitely a process but uh but not trouble <laughs> if to answer your question as literally and specifically as you didn't intend it not trouble per se did uh, I, so they i assume they came to you with uh how did it come about that i saw a video of uh you know you know, like the, when they did the little behind the scenes thing and you're ta- chatting with your girlfriend on the computer. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, I think, you know, they always want th- some kind of story like they because they're not just like, go out there, do a thing and goodbye. Like, you know, somebody somebody's stories about their family or like some, you know, hardship that they've overcome or uh, and uh, I have I have family and hardships. But uh, this the thing that came up most was uh, was talking about because my girlfriend, you know, we the move was coming up soon and uh, and I missed her and like you know and I did have some jokes about her so I guess that was just an angle that they liked yeah. uh, so they you know they I would be like calling her and checking in and seeing how things were and they were like why don't we you know do a video version of that uh, so that was that was actually you know I think taped during the day of the recording of the of the performance and stuff uh was so she, was she always okay with being on tv and recorded and all that uh, uh pretty much yeah she's like she's very like cool and open like i you know if i write jokes about her i always say i always tell her and say like is this good and she's always happy to you know be part of it be yeah. part of the inspiration and uh, like she's a performer herself she's uh oh, okay. a, she's a violinist oh wow uh so she's been a violin teacher and also she's played in like bands and things so like she's certainly like uh not necessarily uh, always like the the front and center spotlight person but yeah, yeah. uh yeah she is she is used to being uh performing and in front of people so uh, she's actually gotten you know so i guess some friends of hers like you know i've gotten a, a lot of nice feedback on you know on social media and things and she has people are like was that was that you on tv <laughs> really uh, yeah just for, just from like the few seconds Did that she you gained know. twitter followers last night you know that's a that's a fine question i um uh, i'll i'll check over there yeah 
Okay, but she can, she's people can find her. If they oh yeah, know her, uh, so. her name is Casey Holt. Okay, uh, Casey K A S E Y, and then her Twitter is Casey, and then the letter C, which is her middle initial, uh, and then Holt. Okay. There we go. I think we just got her a couple. There you go. I was reading some of the uh, comments people were ge- uh, were tweeting you last night, and like you said, a lot of really good, you know, positive. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm seeing Mike Kaplan on TV, or you know, people that were claiming like, I just saw you a month ago. Or yeah, I think the the worst one is like the the which is like sort of the the nicest like champagne problem. Worst kind of a tweet that I would get is, uh, isn't he famous already? I saw some of those, and I'm like, what do you think of that? I mean. It's all. It's clearly all relative. Like, if you think I'm famous, thank you. Great. Yeah. I mean, I remember the very first time. I don't know if I've told you this before because it's like sort of you know one of these life stories that when it comes up, I say it and then sure. people know it. <laughs> but uh, so if, if you know this, uh, stop me or don't. You know, uh, don't stop me if you've heard this one. L- listen again. Curiosity. When I started out doing comedy in Boston. Uh, you know, you start out, nobody knows who you are. Nobody should know who you are. Like, you're not good. Uh, <laughs> but I started, like, running a show, like, a a, a local, uh, you know, sort of local slash national, like, well-known guy, uh, Jimmy Tingle, who was, like, he had a part. He was, like, the Andy Rooney of 60 Minutes 2, and he's, like, a very funny, like, you know, comedian, like, that started out in the 80s, uh, back in the old Boston days of the Ding Ho, and uh, he had, he owned a theater at the time, or was running a theater, and I, he invited me to, like, host a college showcase, like, okay. every Monday night, and I remember I got interviewed by uh, this uh, author, that not author, journalist, Nick Zeno, who was, like, the guy who covered comedy at the time. He was, like, he was the only guy who, like, covered comedy in Boston, and every Friday there'd be a different article about a comedian or a show or a concept or something comedy-related, and so th- now it was fine. I've only been doing comedy, like, a couple years, but I was, you know, you always think you're you're ready for things before you're like, all right, here I am. Like, come on, where's my TV show? What's everything? Come on. <laughs> What's everything? <laughs> you know, I'm, now now I know what I'm talking about. I know I'm a professional talker. What's everything? <laughs> where's my uh, everything? Yeah, where, okay, give me my everything. <laughs> uh, do you know that Mr. Burns quote, I have a lot, but I'd trade it all for just a little more. <laughs> the greatest. Uh, so Nick Zeno interviewed me, and he came to uh, one of my shows. Like I, it was. I think he came to the second week. I was like, I wish he came to the first. The first week was like, you know, off the wall bananas, everything. Like, you know, maybe not packed, but like a lot, enough people. It was such a great show, such a great energy, such a great crowd. The second week there was like a blizzard, and so there's such a small crowd, and I, so I felt like I didn't adapt as well. Whatever it was, I remember he asked me some questions, and we talked for like an hour. And uh, this isn't even the story that I'm supposed to be telling, but uh, this keep is the going. Story I love it. Uh, he will eventually get to why I'm telling it, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember uh, this is uh, my when I learned to be wary of uh, the media. Oh, okay. Be- just be- and he's an I like Nick. Nick is my friend. He's a nice guy. But I also and I have other friends who are journalists. But I always know now, like whatever you, if you're on the record, whatever you're saying, like th- like a reality show, you give them a lot of stuff, and then they make the story that they want out of those things. And it could be. I think we talked like 99 percent about like how I felt good about what I was doing, how positive, how glad I was to have the show, how how I felt good about my comedy, uh, but. He saw the show and he asked, like, uh, you know, how do you how do you feel? How do you like? Do you think that? Uh, and ultimately, part of the story was like that I was a little green. That like, you know, this show wasn't all that it could have been. And he's right. In you know, in hindsight, I'm like a hundred percent. That's correct. But if I hadn't given him any of that, like, I remember the next time he interviewed me a couple years later when I was hosting co-hosting a, a night at the comedy studio with my friend Micah Sherman, who I do musical comedy with. I remember with him, we were just like, uh, let's just not answer anything seriously at all. <laughs> so it was just like the silliest, most ridiculous thing. And that's like, I will, certainly I'll answer questions seriously, but I won't ever say anything just because somebody wants me to. You know, if, if somebody asks me a question, like I think on, on America's Got Talent, you know, they'll ask questions like, uh, you know, do you think you're the greatest comedian out there? And, uh, you know, maybe they want you to say yes, uh, but, and, it would be fine if you did, but I think I just said like I'm the greatest comedian in here, and I pointed at my heart. <laughs> uh, and like you can say, Aww. you can say and do and be whatever and whoever you want, and you know you don't need to let anybody you know direct you or conduct you. No. I mean, unless you you know if you trust and respect uh, like who they are and what their intentions are, then absolutely give them like what you want and what they want. Uh, but so anyway, that article, the article came out, and it was overall, I'm sure it was overall positive. But that one thing where it's like yeah, it might be a little green. I'm like, oh, that's the only. You you know, you, you have a, an amazing set, and you remember the one line that you've clubbed, and everybody's like, oh, my God, what an amazing set. You're like, but what about, you know, the, 
whatever that line I've loved. And like, I thought that was on purpose. <laughs> I didn't care. I didn't notice it. You know? <laughs> uh, but so I remember I worked at the Barnes and Noble bookstore in uh, near. Uh, it was part of Boston University. It was their college bookstore, but it was like a, a big Barnes and Noble in Kenmore Square in Boston. And I'd been working there for a couple years. And some people knew that I did comedy, and some people didn't. But like, there was a, a big article in the Boston Globe. Then that was that article with my picture. And everybody comes up to me, and they're like, "This is so great! Like, you're famous." And I was like, "I am famous now." To the people that know me, definitely, like, you, like, nobody's coming up to me on the street, like, I read about you in the paper. It's all people who are, like, who know me who are, like, I read about you. And, like, now, that's all that happens. Like, what fame is is just more people know who you are, so more people are excited. Like, the people who are, like, I saw you on Last Comic Standing, now I'm seeing you on this. Like, that's cool. Uh, And so the question of am I, you know, am I famous is relative like i'm so you know i'm not brad pitt i'm not tom cruise you know Mm -hmm. i'm not even as far as in comedy like i'm not sarah silverman i'm you know there's comedians who have accomplished you know you can it's not it's again it's not a competition uh but you can look at people's twitter followings you can look at you know people's youtube like there's youtube people who nobody's heard of who have a million followers Mm -hmm. so they're you know they're youtube famous fame is like niche you know like which is which is great. It's sort of like it's uh, sort of a departure from the days where, like in comedy, Carson was the only, was the kingmaker, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, so much, and uh, you know, back in sexist days when there wasn't even a queen maker, you know, like <laughs> or a rule, you know, <laughs> duly uh, elected uh, autocratic ruler. Uh, whatever. I don't even know what autocratic means, but uh, but it sounds pretty good. Probably I should have said democratic. That's a word I know and would have been accurate. Elected democrat. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I think that now, like, with so many, you know, so many options, so many things, like, there's so many ways to be, not only, I mean, fame isn't my goal, you know, like, success, like, as far as how I define it, is is my goal, and it's mostly just doing what I want to do, and then after that, having people who would enjoy it get it, hopefully, mm-hmm. yeah. like, so that's, you know, that's secondary, like, getting it to, and I certainly don't want everybody, I mean, not that I don't want everybody to see it, <laughs> but I know if there are people that wouldn't like it, I'm fine with them not seeing it. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, there's an amazing chef that can prepare the perfect whatever, and uh, if you don't like that thing, that like, if you don't like basil, then you're not going to enjoy <laughs> the greatest pesto. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, you know, my comedy is just like the greatest pesto. <laughs> I'm a real pesto. <laughs> Pesto-tarian. Um... <laughs> But uh, yeah, so still American. So I, I, the point is, I understand when if people tweet like, I don't get why Mike's on this show. Uh, isn't he famous already? I mean, there's 12 million people watching, I think, and most of those 12 million don't know who I am. Right, right. So, and if even if just one percent of them who didn't know who I am, like now, like me and follow me, that's over a hundred thousand people. Uh, and right now, I have uh, 24,000 Twitter followers. So a hundred thousand people is. Uh, more than that. Yeah. Uh-huh. By a couple. Uh-huh. Did you... Uh, I was a math minor. <laughs> did you... Uh, Howard Stern and all those uh, the judges on that show, did uh, did they talk to you besides on stage? Uh, pretty much. I think on stage is the only place that I interacted with them. Uh, but obviously, you know, like I said, they, they do tape a lot more than they end up using so there there was a good amount like in the first audition that they didn't show and in this one uh where i did i did talk to them a lot and it was really fun and uh it's just i guess kind of the fact that it's they're so there's they're so famous like howard stern is like you know the king of all media like the he's done so many you know best-selling book you know movie pop yeah popular movie like uh, you know, he radio wasn't like a thing like it is until him. Mm-hmm. And like he is. So the idea, I think some people, somebody wrote to me on Facebook and was like, weren't you afraid? Like, oh, man, those judges, like, weren't you afraid of Heidi Klum? And I'm like, I'm not really afraid of anything. Cause like what? She's not going to torture or murder me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I've always said doing doing comedy, like people are like, how do you get up on stage? Isn't it scary to do it? And I'm like, what's the worst thing that happens? Like a room full of people hate me and then I never see them again. You know, <laughs> that's like not this, so much better than high school, you know, where you, <laughs> you have to you, go back on Monday every day. You see the same people. <laughs> if they hate you once, they're like, oh, I, I saw this yesterday. <laughs> but uh, I mean, legitimately, because they're so like, here's a I would. It's not to say that I'm like impervious to like nerves or, you know, like any different kinds of emotions uh or reactions or expectations but like i think you know auditioning i remember like starting out in kind of like you audition at a club like that was even like oh man i hope i get this like you're and now it's like 
to hope I hope I get a million dollars. It's such a far far fetched. Yeah. It's so beyond my scope of like you know. Do you know this uh, the Zen uh, sort of this parable of the broken goblet? There's like this Zen master who says like I have he has a goblet and it's he's like I. I drink out of this goblet, but I, in my mind, this goblet is broken. Like, I wash it every day, I drink out of it every day, but I think of it, I conceive of it as broken. Uh, because someday, if I drop it and it's broken, then I'm like, well, it was already broken. Like, so he's not disappointed, he's not sad, he's not scared, he's not worried. He's just like, well, I, I guess I'll have another broken goblet now. And so, like, to conceive of, I, I aim to conceive of, like, myself, my life, my my relationships, my career as that. Like, I've, you know, I've already lost a million dollars, <laughs> or and won it you know it's like schrodinger's million dollars like it's both yeah. won and lost at the same like it doesn't matter uh, i mean just I, don't spend it until you don't get it oh yeah <laughs> too late uh, i have uh, put a lot of things on order but um that that uh, trip across the country you never mentioned was in a uh a caravan that you purchased right? oh yeah a million dollar caravan <laughs> a caravan of caravans a dodge caravan caravan uh how much how many of those would cost a million dollars let's uh not do the research right now but i I, I just really feel like the the idea of it, I mean, just honestly, I'm grateful for having gotten to the place that I am, you know, every step of the way. The same thing with Last Comic. Like, every week I was happy to be there, and then when I found out that I would continue on, I was happy to be there. Like, now I'm going to Radio City Music Hall. That's an amazing accomplishment, just in objectively, like, you know, most comedians don't perform there. I'm thrilled to get the opportunity. Have you ever been in the building? I don't even know if I have. No. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm more of a television guy, but uh, <laughs> more of a television country <laughs> uh, music hall guy. <laughs> um, but no, it's, so it's it's such a, you know, there's these things like, starting from a basis of like nothing matters like no one thing matters like you can do comedy never going to the comedy cellar never going to radio city never going to carnegie hall never going to anywhere in particular you could be like the biggest star in the world and never perform in america you know i mean like russell peters is a guy who like is super famous everywhere you know but not as famous here like right. such such a weird thing like you can have so many different careers so many different shapes and like that's why my grandmother whenever i talk to her she's like are you making a lot of money and i'm like i'm making enough money you know and she's like it's never enough I'm like you'll never be happy no <laughs> and I'm like I'm I feel good right now because now is all there is and so I honestly like I have a good friend uh Ken Reed who's a super funny comedian storyteller uh great guy in Boston uh he has a super podcast if you want to check out called TV Guidance Counselor oh, yeah. where you sit down with him and you go through uh and he has all the old like so thousands of TV guides and you go through like one from 88 or 95 you pick a year you pick a week and then you say what you would have watched during prime time uh during that whole week and I already know I'm going to listen to that this afternoon he discusses he he has like an encyclopedic knowledge of like he's like oh you'd watch that Golden Girls well that the Golden Girls is a very good show but that particular episode was one of their weaker ones because it was written by this person when they were sort of no. on getting a divorce like it's it's really <laughs> insane how much he how much he remembers and how much he knows he was sort of raised by television yeah. so he's like the perfect host for this thing and his comedic sensibilities are so particular and picky like he doesn't like everything that I do like okay. I think he likes me he likes my comedy in general but like there's cer- certain jokes that like he'll write a joke and be like I can't tell this joke you you tell this joke if you want it oh wow uh like i think i think here's a joke that he gave me he's like i don't know if i can do anything with this but a cockter blocktopus uh <laughs> is that is that something like yeah get out of here <laughs> that's something and uh and i remember he and my other friend uh josh gondelman is a super funny comedian as well uh i remember i think we all wrote this together and they were both like we don't want it <laughs> uh this one was uh i and i tell this in my act sometimes like sometimes just if at the end of my set i need a quick joke to be like, gotta go. I'll just be like, I went on a hand job interview and I blew it. <laughs> so they said I was, turns out I was overqualified. Uh, and I, not here to do my jokes though, but uh, but Ken Reed, so the point is he's like, I really respect his sense of humor because uh, he, he hates a lot of stuff. And he, he like uh, G- Google chatted me this morning and he said, I'm shocked to say this, but I think that your set on America's Got Talent was the Best set I've ever seen you do. Wow. And he said it was, he said, I think it's because you like, you weren't, you were like confident, like uh, sort of aggressive, but calm. Like it was like, all these. And I like, I didn't, I was, to think about it, I'm like, I don't remember. I definitely remember being like, well, I mean, it's because what do I have to lose? Like, again, my life will be the same tomorrow as it is now if the worst thing happens. Yeah. So, 
and that that's sort of like the way that you know when you strive for things sometimes if you try to reach for something sometimes it'll like you know run through your fingers or slip out of your grasp whether it's a relationship or an enlightenment or an opportunity and enlightenment you know, <laughs> there's a lot of them and uh and you know it's the the way that you know it's sort of the zen idea of you know uh, not doing by you know doing by not doing mm-hmm. or you know not wanting like and then you get it uh, and whatever it is, like maybe you don't get the thing that you did would have wanted, but you don't want, but you have what you need and what and you're grateful. So it, it was just a, you know, the point is it was just a super uh, experience and I'm glad to continue. To, I don't remember what the question was. What was the question? Uh, well, I have another question. Great. You, you, what, you, what was your next question? My next question is when, what is the uh, next step? Like when is Radio City? Um, I believe for the next several weeks they're doing more of like the the, the episode that I just taped uh, that, that just aired was the first of the Judge Cuts rounds. Okay. So I'm not sure exactly how many there are, uh, but there's a few more of those right. at least. Uh, so there's at least a few more weeks where I'm not on, but then uh, they'll tell me, uh, I think I think it's sometime in August uh, that oh, wow. the next round happens. In... I guess it is already July. Oh, yeah. This year is going by way too fast It is currently July. And Ooh. so the next in the, I think sometime in the next month or month and a half. Okay. Uh, when I when I know I will share it with the world. Uh, but yeah. So if people you know follow follow me or uh, you know or just like do your own research. I, like live your life however you want. <laughs> I'll I'll share that information. Derek Hughes is uh, still in the running on that show. I don't think he, he wasn't on last night's. Oh, then uh, yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, there's definitely more people to come. Yeah. I know uh, Gary Veter is another comedian friend of mine from New York. Okay, uh, who we were on, we were in like the same short montage in the first episode okay. together, but he was not on last night, so he will be in the coming weeks as well. And did, I wish him the best. Did you see what uh, Entertainment Weekly their quick uh, summary of your part of last night's? Episode? I did not see Entertainment Weekly's quick summary. They said Mike Kaplan, comedian. Why you remember him? He was a blip on the radar in the first round. Which you said. I accept. Accurate. At 19 seconds. Yep. It said, Mike owned the stage. He had the judges panel and the audience laughing throughout his entire set. It was a confident flow of banter. Each joke landed. He's a self-proclaimed dork who will go far. Wow. Huh? That is, uh, I, and that's, I think, I don't know if they're saying that I'm proclaiming that I'm going to go far. I think that's, <laughs> that's them. It's, I don't know where, where the parentheses are in there, but uh, he's going to go four. four. I, I can't even, he's going to go four. <laughs> I'm going to go number four. <laughs> That's like two poops. <laughs> oh, I also want to bring. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. That's very nice. Yeah, good, good. I, I'm glad you hadn't seen that then. Um, and then I want to talk to you about meeting your. I'm fascinated that you you admitted it on television that you your girlfriend Casey. Mm-hmm. You started dating a fan. I did, and that's that. I don't know what the is there a taboo normally about that or no? Is I mean, there ever. If I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm a person who operates more on like guidelines than rules, and that's the same way I feel like I'm saying. Yeah. Let me preface oh, yeah. this by saying that if there is a taboo about that, you know, who cares? And if that's you know, I I think I mean I think here's the thing. There's like there are people who uh, might you know, and like there's people who sleep with a lot of people, and that's cool. Like and there's so there's people that might have like slept with a lot of comedians and that's like that's the thing that people might judge because our society is sex negative you know mm-hmm. like I'm for people having whatever pleasure they want consensually with whoever they want however much I want there to be more joy in the world yeah. so start starting there I think that if there is a taboo uh, I don't know I think there's more of a taboo of like comedians dating other comedians like a thing that happens a lot because we're coworkers we're friends we're at the same places we're in you know. But I think that the way that people conceive of that is like, oh, no, you don't want to date somebody who, like, you want attention. You don't want them to want attention or, you know, you're crazy. You need somebody who's a little more sane. Like, uh-huh. you want you want some balance. You want yeah, them yeah. to have, like, a normal job. You want them to be able to have health care and pay for you for stuff. Uh, it's like there's so many <laughs> reasons why people n- might think it's bad for a comedian to date a comedian. Yeah. But I've, started, I've dated a number of comedians, and I it's always been their it's the exception to those rules. So it's like, don't have that be a hard, fast rule. If you find a person that you're like, this is a person that I can connect with, and, oh, why shouldn't I date them? Because of this reason, But that's a general thing, but in specific, it doesn't apply here, then go by the specific. Like, don't follow a rule if it doesn't apply. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, just deal with every, you know, situation and person and relationship on an individual level and decide what you want, why you want it, you know, what you can expect, who they are. So even if there was a taboo against dating a fan, like, the way that it worked was... She just Casey wrote me an email maybe a year and a half ago, uh, and it basically was just like I've been listening to your you on this podcast Keith and the Girl, and also then I started listening to your podcast, and I think at the time she's like I've al- listened to almost all of them, 
like now there's a few hundred and I'm like, wow, that's so flattering. She, she said, if there was any person that I could, you know, meet and have lunch with, like you are the person that I would most want to do that with. And at the time I had a monogamous girlfriend, uh, who was not her. And, uh, and so I was just, it was nice. I mean, people, you know, fans write letters sometimes like, uh, not every day, but, uh, every once in a while I get like a really nice email. Sometimes my fans become friends. Like if they're just, they're a thoughtful person, they ask questions and, uh, it's really nice. Like I have a few people that are, you know, pe- like sort of pen pals or corresponding. Yeah. Uh, it's really, and like, you know, when I go to their town, they come out to a show, we go to a meal. It's really nice. And so this, and I didn't have any expectation of anything at that point. I was just like, that's, I wrote back that it was really nice. And, uh, then I think she came out to a show when I was in LA. Had where, she seen you before? In uh, person? She, I think she'd never seen me, uh, live at that point, okay. but like maybe a month or two later I was in LA and she came to a show and we didn't talk afterwards. I just, I think I had to go to another show. So she told me that she had seen me. And then the next time I was in LA was now like, I think may of last year. And I was no longer in the relationship that I had been in. Uh, she came to a show like we'd corresponded and said she was like uh, she she did a here's a thing she did she she plays the violin like I said she took my podcast theme song and arranged it and performed and recorded it on the violin and sent me a version of it whoa and and so at that point I was like wow that is really like you know weird and cool and when I met her uh, like she was a totally like reasonable like you know because that could that could kind, you know maybe go either way of as far as like. Uh, I mean, sometimes I'll have fans who are like, I, I'm, not, I'm not a crazy person. Mm-hmm. Like, I just really like your stuff. I'm yeah. like, that's good. I want you to like my stuff. I'm happy that you like my stuff. And she, sh- she sort of like was self-aware about that. She's like, just want you to know it didn't even take me that long. Like, I just, <laughs> I just, I just threw it together. And it's beautiful. <laughs> and she does really cool things like that now. She has a SoundCloud where she like arranges like she does a Britney Spears song and like some wow. other pop songs and as well as some classical stuff. I mean, she's a really great violin. Like, I played the violin since I was four as well. And, uh, but not as much as she does. Like, I'm good, but she's great. My daughter, my oldest daughter, starting final, violin lessons, fourth grade in uh, September. Super. So there you go. Well, if she's ever in New York and wants violin lessons, uh, Casey Holtz. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, she she did that, and we just, you know, we hit it off. She enjoyed the show. We talked afterwards, and uh, just, I was in L.A. for m- a lot of May last year, and so we just spent a lot of time together, and that's... Uh, and then we just kept doing that. It is, ama- it is uh, you know, sort of a new thing for this generation and that she could you can learn so much about someone via the internet without even actually meeting in person i think that's the that is that is the only potential caveat i would say for like a, a person where there's like if one person's a fan and the other person doesn't you know doesn't have as much i didn't know she knew a lot more about me than right. i knew about her yeah. at the time so the getting to know process would be like i would get to know you know things about her and be like oh you are like obviously there's a reason there's many reasons she told me some of the reasons that she liked me like my views on you know on animal rights on uh open relationships on you know just kindness in general you know all like a bunch of things yeah. that resonated with her you know the musical connection like there's so many things she loved you know she liked my comedy which is always like it's always nice when somebody uh you know that likes the thing that you do yeah and like i love the things that she does and so but there would often be times where like hey have i told you this story and she's that's like, what i was gonna say yeah. you haven't but you did on a podcast <laughs> She's You're like, right. you didn't tell me, but I know it. Uh-huh. Which is the real version of Mike? <laughs> what the story? I heard you tell this on this one podcast, and now you're telling me a little bit different. Yeah, now you're saying it was your grandmother, not your mother. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, uh, how come now all your stories are about a friend and none of them are about you? <laughs> <laughs> you have no experiences. I just glom on. I do actually have uh, one. I think I have two jokes where I substitute. Uh, mother and my, where I switch my mother and grandmother because I think that my grandmother would be more okay with the story. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. So, when uh, when you guys first got here, you ran to the restroom to wash your hands off. You said you were eating some fruit, a nectarine, a nectarine. Yep. And I had a brief chat with Casey, and yeah, and she was telling me about your. Uh, I I asked her if she has been traveling with you a lot, and then she told me about your trip across the country. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was super. Fun. It's really fun to like. I I remember like b- right before I had done, I did the first like sort of uh, do it yourself, put together road trip uh, comedy tour with Zach uh, a couple years ago. Like I had, you know, I I'd, I'd started in Boston and I like booked my own shows there. But then I was sort of, you know, thought I was dependent on like you know my my agency to get me work but then every once in a while like my grandmother would be like when can you come perform in florida and i'm like i i do i tell my agent like you can 
I, I please send me to Florida, but you need, you know, it's not just, I, people often, I like, I think it's interesting. Like somebody wrote to me and was like, please come to Orlando. This was like yesterday, the day before. It's so great. You could definitely, please, I would love, you'll have at least one ticket sold. And I'm like, well, if that ticket equals how much it costs to fly there plus a little bit, uh, <laughs> then I'll definitely do it. But it's like, why don't you, if you want, like if there are venues in Orlando, like talk to them and be like, hey, request that I come. Because yeah, yeah. the more people that request I come, they'll be like, oh, well then we'll make money. You'll make money. You'll have fun. Everything will work and the guy was like oh i didn't even think of that that's a <laughs> what a great idea and so but there are now i realized like li- there, like there's a guy named nick shaheen who's a comic uh in atlanta now out of south carolina previously who a couple years ago i was just like i want to do some shows like zach and i were like we don't care as much about making money on this thing we just want to he lives in la i live in new york we want to hang out for a few weeks and so we had a we you know we just reached out to people that we knew that were like you've performed in this area right how do you do that and they just put us in touch with like nick shaheen there and then the nick shaheen of another area Very cool and uh, and i realized and then when i I was like, I could do that for Florida, so I could go see my grandmother. You know, I mean, I could just go see her if I wanted to, but I'm like, uh, but I'm like, I could go see my grandmother and also do comedy shows, which I care about. Uh, and so, like, maybe a year and a half or two years ago, like right after that first tour, I was like, who's the Nick Shaheen of Florida? And I somebody put me in touch with uh, this woman, Lisa Correo, who's a super funny comic who was living in Florida at the time, uh, and she she put me in touch with like a bunch of people who had shows, and so I was like, oh, it's cool. Like sometimes, you know, just on a Tuesday night, this bar does a show. And people come to it. Yeah, very uh, cool. So it's yeah, it's uh, so yeah. That was like what the what the process was like for most of the tour across the country. Like we're gonna be in these cities. Like who can do something in those cities for me? Did she come? Did she come out and like meet the fans and everything after the shows? Yeah, she would be at pretty much all the shows and. Uh, because and I would talk about her in the shows. Like I had, I ended up like writing some jokes about the tour and about you know the relationship and what we were what we were experiencing. Yeah. Uh, and I think. Uh, very frequently, like she would be, you know, I'd be like selling CDs after, or, like signing things, or like just taking pictures or whatever. And she would be nearby, and people would be like, "Is this is this her from the jokes? Is she?" I mean, I'm, you know, I don't know if you saw the tour poster. Like my good friend Joe Karg, K A R G. He's a an Atlanta comic, but who's a, an amazing illustrator. Uh, I saw he, it on on Facebook. I think a few so weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, he yeah he does uh, he does so much so much art. He does he did the Nick Vatterot uh, album cover. He did Jared Logan's album cover. Okay, he's an amazing artist, and so I had him. Uh, I hired him to write, make the tour poster, to write and uh, and perform in art form. <laughs> write in art form the uh, the tour poster, which uh, he had like basically me as like a giant sort of monster crushing the cities that I was going to, yeah. and Casey with all of our belongings on her back behind me. <laughs> uh, so you know she was a, she was the reason for the tour, a part of the tour, and so people were like, "Is this her?" Was she signing posters? Uh, I don't know. She might have. She might would have got her to sign a poster. If that I makes had. sense. I uh, will do it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We made a mistake. We're going to go back the the accidentally forgetting to have signed the posters, so we're going back across tour. The Lost and Found tour. We're yes. going to see if we forgot anything in each town. Abs- oh, yeah. she did. I think she did leave a razor in uh, New Orleans. Go back and get it. Mm-hmm. Go back and get it. Those aren't cheap. Uh, I just remember, because I wrote it down here, I do want to say one more thing uh, about the um, last night's America's Got Talent and that they played a Barry Manilow song in the background. I did not. Your, I your, didn't notice. Didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't know it was Barry Manilow until I'm like, this song is vaguely familiar. It's uh, Can't Smile Without You. Oh. Barry Manilow. That's very nice. <laughs> just to, so you know, I am capable of smiling uh, without anything happening, uh, without Casey being right. She makes me smile more. <laughs> but it's like, you know, the idea of the you complete me. Like, we're both complete individuals on our own. And then also, you know, uh, double. Uh, Henry Phillips is going to be here in, a, in like a month or so. But Wonderful. It, yeah. It's... I saw on IMDb still punching the clown. Yeah, the sequel to punching the clown. So there, that is hat. That's we shot it. I I was thrilled to be. I loved punching the clown. It's Henry me too. is the fun. He's so funny. God, and he's such a nice guy. Like, yes. I mean, I was like to get to be. I was I was just thrilled to get to be his friend. And then when he told me he was making the new movie, and he's like, "There's a part that I want you to do." I'm like, "That's I like you know my least favorite part of show business is probably like auditioning for things, like you know putting in work and time for something that you don't know if it's for you." They don't know if it's for you. I understand it's part of it sometimes, but if you don't want to do it, then it's just so great. He's like, "This is this is you, so you'll do it." Yeah, awesome. And, and I got to be in scenes with J.K. Simmons. Holy cow! He's in that movie, and Whoa. he's like, he's he's got a pretty big part. 
And uh, it was like, I think we filmed it the week that, like, Whiplash had just come out in the theater. I think we filmed it in November of last year. Whiplash had come out in October. I think, like, I met him at, like, a table read, and then the next day I saw Whiplash, and, like, I've seen him in things for decades. Oz. You know? Yeah, Oz and Law and & Order and mm-hmm. Juno. It's so many. Juno, I mean, yeah, the day, yeah. M&M commercials, you know, <laughs> all the big things. Yes. Uh, HBO, M&M, all the letters. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, to get to just, you know, be a re- he was such an amazing guy and just so funny and, so, like, the the movie is super funny. Harry's yeah. so funny. So, uh, yeah, thanks for looking at my IMDb. Is there a question? Uh, is true, that, uh, true so or false? It true. said yeah. after that 2015. Oh, wow. So people, do you have any idea when that's... Uh, I definitely what? don't know the time frame. I know last I talked to Henry, like, they were, you know, p- putting the final touches or whatever. And then I think they're, you know, probably going to uh, go for it to be in uh, festivals and things is my... That's my imagination. Uh, off the record, no speculation. I mean, only speculation. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that the hope is that it'll be done and then available to as wide an audience as possible soon. Yeah, obviously I'll ask him all about it when he's here. Uh, and I, he, when he last time he was here, I'll just say real quickly, that was one of our handful of episodes that no one got to hear because we had technical problems. Ah. He and I... It was uh, top five episodes of No Laugh Track, I, I promise you. I understand. So and, it was like uh, my first two, and then yes. his, and a couple of... Wow, uh-huh. man, uh-huh. that's yeah. really coincidental. <laughs> Super. Top five. You knew. You knew. <laughs> that was good. Uh, um, yeah, so I'm... I loved that first uh, mo- his first movie. Oh, and we talked all about it, and no one freaking heard it. Well, I, it'll be good to talk about it again and learn about the next one. Mm-hmm. I, uh, let's talk quickly about... Um, you're still doing your podcast. I am. Hang out with me. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of these days, uh, I think, I mean, depending while we're here, if uh, if it's possible to use these equipment to, uh, these equipment, uh, talking is my professional thing I do. Uh, <laughs> game. Game job. Uh, you know, I, I like, some. I don't always bring, I don't have equipment that I bring around. Like, I usually just sort of, you know, do it in a studio in New York or at a friend's in L.A. But then, you know, if uh, I'd love to have you and or somebody else uh, around here on. Oh, that would be uh, awesome. But yeah, uh, so yeah, it's still, it happens. I have comedians, other non-comedians, artists, friends, cooks, photographers, whatever. Like, whoever I think is fun to talk to. And we have uh, sometimes, like, real deep conversations, sometimes real silly ones, sometimes a combination and uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a real pleasure. And you, like you said, you've done over like two hundred, two hundred. Yeah, so. I think I've been doing it for a couple of years, putting out two a week. So yeah, it's, it's in the two hundreds now. Uh, but yeah, I've uh, there's just you know some people like I'm just happy that people uh, do it and have a good time talking. Are you uh, how much of the production do you do on that? Or do you have uh, Keith you have- and the Girl is the network that I'm on, yeah. and uh, so I, I usually record at their studios, and then they do most of the stuff. Nice. You know, mostly we don't edit. Mostly it's just. Uh, we start recording, we say all the things, mm-hmm. we stop recording. It's they pretty add, much what we do here. Yeah, they add the theme song at the beginning and the end. Your theme song that you said uh, that Casey redid, uh, I haven't heard her version. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Sure. But just the real version, uh, it's so catchy. Oh, thank you so much. That was uh, uh, Zach Sherwin and I yeah. like, uh, sort of co-created it with my good friend Sam Kuznets, who is uh, a guy I've known for over 20 years since we went to summer camp together. And uh, he's like, you know, a sound engineer and many other things. Uh, it's his voice in the final, in the, the one at the end of the show yeah. where it says, uh, initiate closing sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Zach, Zach and I and Sam have all, we've actually done a number of podcast themes like for other shows. And it's it's like just a fun yeah, side thing well, to I do. Yeah, I just heard one the last couple months. We did Shane Moss's new That's one. It, Shane yeah. Moss, yep. Shane yeah, Moss. here we are, I mm-hmm. think. Here we uh, yeah, are. We had a super time doing that. We did one for it's these really guys. These guys in Pittsburgh uh, called "Does This Hold Up?" Okay, where they they every episode. One. Oh, it's it's really fun. They're such funny guys. Like they're not. I don't. Th- they don't do stand up. They're just. They just do. They do this podcast, and it's so much. We met them like on the, f- the first tour when Zach and I went through Pittsburgh. We were there with Micah Sherman. We were all on their show. I, I've had them on my show, and then Zach and I like uh, we're just. I think o- offered them a theme song, and we just finally got it to them. And it they're. Does this hold up? They watch every episode dedicated to a movie that like somebody enjoyed from the past, and they're like, "Is this a good movie?" And so that's sort of the framework around which like the it. conversation happens. I like it. So I think we talked about the Princess Bride once. I did. We did the Karate Kid with them. Uh, I think yeah. it does hold up, by the way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I just here's two movies that I watched with Casey that she hadn't seen because she is a younger person than me. Uh, she'd never seen Back to the Future. We watched the first two Back to the Futures. Wow. Like two weeks ago. Wow. And uh, she loved them, so they held up. And then. Uh, Wet Hot American Summer, she'd never seen as well. Oh. Which is one of my faves. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot, a lot of good, a uh, lot of good art in the world. Complainers. <laughs> Here, 
as I as I complain about complainers. I'm like, com- sometimes people complain, and I don't like it. Your uh, your special is still on Netflix. It, so far, so good. It's not what it's called. Uh, <laughs> don't search that. Yeah, look for Joe List's album, So Far, No Good. Uh, he's a funny comedian friend of mine. But yeah, a Small Dork and Handsome is mm-hmm. the name of the special. If you look for that, my name uh, or that, I'm sure you'll find it. Mm-hmm. And thank you, yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if you've heard this before. I was searching your name. Uh, I was putting your name on my uh, iPhone yesterday. This is Thanks not a, for doing that. There's, there's not a commercial for iPhone. I've never put my phone in your iPhone. Name. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> when you try to make a joke and you screw it up, nah. it's the best. Do you know what uh, my phone autocorrected Mike to? M- is it NyQuil? Yes. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gotten that. You have. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have it as a, if, as a joke when people would ask me, what's Mike short for? Is, how do you spell Michael? And I would say M-Y-Q-L, the nighttime sniffling sneezing so you can rest comedian. <laughs> I haven't heard you say that. That's good. Thank you. I probably haven't said it in years. That's a joke that I used to have. <laughs> well, th- thank you for doing you did You did extensive research. Great, thank you. And I'm, sincerely, like, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, you know, on and off mic. Like, I love I love talking. You know, it's uh, I don't know if I mention it when I do, <laughs> but uh, I I, so, I have some like the same way that sometimes I have fans that become friends or relationships. Like I have some like journalists that have become friends just because they 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 take such care with what they do. Like they actually they like what I do. It's clear yeah. that you know everybody. It's all like it's not a competition at all. It's like everybody wants everybody to yeah. succeed, and we can all help. And like you clearly care about this, what you're doing, and oh, yeah. so I really uh, respect and well, appreciate. Thank you, it. thank you. I um I yeah. I mean that I'm not you know I'm not I'm no comic. I was I'm actually an unemployed radio guy right now <laughs> is the uh, where i am currently and uh yeah you know i mean that, I, pr- I really appreciate you saying that's how I, you know this got started is because i'm such a comedy nerd that's it just love comedy C- came here have been absorbing it for years seen comedy on the road and this so yeah i i take passion in it because i freaking love it i i love the subject well it shows and great thank you i uh I, but, you know that does make me think of what you said uh, i don't know half an hour ago so in that uh it is like I know, you know, I've known of Mike Kaplan for you know four or five years. Me now. too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, at least. And it's interesting. Like I could talk about you to someone. Like, no, this guy, he's done this. He's done this. He's done this. He's been on Conan. He's been on Letterman. He's been on on this show and that show. And he's got his own podcast and a Netflix special. And and then people go, I don't. Huh? Like, no, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> among comedy fans, he's he's huge. He like comedy nerds love this guy. He's so creative in his writing, and he's so good on on uh, on Twitter. Like, how, what do you mean you don't know who he is? <laughs> So it's you know it's all just about you can be big to some people because that's my oh, way of saying it. You can be big to me because I'm such a big uh, you know fan of comedy. But oh, yeah. someone who's not a comedy nerd that only knows Sarah Silverman or Larry the Cable Guy, or no Seinfeld, how many accomplishments or, yeah. you have, or, yeah. and how funny you really are, they'll be like, yeah. I, don't, I, don't. I mean, like if you think about it, like how many you know seasons of Premium Blend and Live at Gotham and John Oliver's. Like how many shows have there been over the past twenty years that featured you know five. Five yeah, or six comedians that's each. True. There are so like you can't unless you make comedy your life and passion. You can't know all the comedians unless you happen to like so, so many people. I mean, obviously, Last Comic Standing and America's Got Talent are like some of the still mainstreamiest ways that you know people who don't know that comedy. I didn't even know comedy was a thing. But until I was really doing it, like I, I learned like in college, like a comedian, DJ Hazard from Boston came to my college and like uh, many people may not know who he is, but he is like he was in the in Boston in the 80s. Like Louis C.K. thanked him uh, in, in one of his I think he opened for one of his uh, special tapings oh, okay. because like DJ used to run a show and Louis was like, this guy gave me time when I was weird and horrible. Yeah, like, he was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. I would help him set up a show and he would get, uh-huh. let me do time on the show. And he's amazing. And like, you know, DJ. DJ uh, is like an actor now as well, and like you know, and a storyteller. And but his comedy made me—he was the first comedy show that I ever saw that made me cry with laughter that I related to. Like I'd seen—I loved Paul Reiser as a twelve-year-old. Yeah. I was twelve. <laughs> I watched his special. I got Couplehood. I'm like, this guy's amazing. <laughs> like, like really, I loved. Were couplehood. you walking around cu- with Couplehood in school? Honestly, I, I had—I bought it on tape. So I, when I drove around, I listened to him reading the book. Yeah. It was so funny. Wow. And uh, it was so amazing. But. Uh, but then I would like listen to DJ and be like, oh, this is funny. And also things that I think, things that are going on in my brain. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that, oh, a local comedy scene? Like, I didn't know. Like, so I, I certainly understand when people write to me on Facebook, I'm like, how did I not know that you existed? Yeah. I'm like, well, many billions of people, you're, you're in great company. <laughs> 
I actually get upset with myself sometimes when it, when I find out that somebody's been around for a while and like has been on a bunch of podcasts that I I, I just happen to not catch the episode that they were on and they've been around for five, six, ten, twenty years. I'm like, how the hell did I not know who this? I should know who this person is. They're, They're hilarious. St- there are still com- comedians whose like names I know. Who's like I I you can't take in everything you yeah. can't listen to everybody's every cd that's true. and watch every special and listen to every episode of every podcast so i forgive you <laughs> i say forgive yourself fair enough thank you i appreciate that uh i have taken up a little bit over an hour of your time so we can wrap things up here but uh, are you you said you selling cds what oh, are you yeah. selling right now at the shows uh i brought i brought all the cds that i've created oh, all uh, three ev- of them no 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 no. i am uh like all i mean hundreds and hundreds all, all the ones that were printed uh <laughs> everyone left no i do have uh, yeah, the the, ori- the the three stand-up albums, Vegan Mind Meld, Meat Robot, recorded here, and um, uh, Small, Dork, and Handsome, the audio version of the Netflix special, which also has like one bonus track that's an eight-minute story that's not in the, the Netflix special. Oh, okay. Uh, so people aren't totally ripped off <laughs> uh, if they have seen it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, some people like listening to what they looked at. Uh, <laughs> and then I also have with me the uh, the music album, the music comedy album that I made with Micah Sherman oh, okay. called Please Be Seated, as well as a... Uh, so my podcast, uh, Hang Out With Me, Every there are some episodes that come out that are behind a paywall uh, at the Keith and the Girl... If you want to be there, a VIP in their VIP program, you pay them like a monthly amount and you get extra episodes of my show that I call Super Hangs. And then you also get bunches of extra shows that you can't get otherwise if you're not a VIP. Okay. And so I put out an album that collected um, like I think 10 five minute conversation snippets from like the first maybe the first 10 like pay episodes that I did so I saw that on uh, I on Apple Music this morning. Oh yeah, so yeah. It's, it's called the Best of Super Hang or yes. Bosh. Okay, that's what uh, that is. All and, right. Yeah, so that's uh you know, the theme song plays, then you can listen to, you know, like a conversation with me and Jackie Cation and Chris Fairbanks for 5 minutes, then yeah. me and Baron Vaughn and somebody else, okay. me and Zach Sherwin and Gabby Dunn, you know, whoever like all these different, you know, friends of mine that I like I went through and I was like which fi- which snippets are like ones that could hold up on their own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And sort of just you know demonstrate a flavor of like if you don't want to listen to a whole podcast, <laughs> if you're like I don't know, <laughs> I mean you could just listen to the 10 minute satellite episode that accompanies each one. There's so many options <laughs> for you to dip your toe in and you decide could just to leave. Hit play yeah. and then pause on your own every five seconds. Yeah, Very I, not. but if you like completing things, like honestly, like you know sometimes I'll have a time that I want. I'm like I could watch a movie on Netflix or I could watch an e- like episode of a TV show. And I'm like a TV show is less of a time commitment, but then I'll watch seven episodes. <laughs> like, you know, but I like yeah. I could have watched three movies but i'm like it feels good to be able to stop at any moment so yes. you get get the best of super hang you can listen to one track and quit you can listen to be like oh well maybe i'll listen to the second track it'll be great so yeah so i've got uh all the all five of those different things here uh and uh yeah you, you don't have to buy any of them <laughs> it's you're not required it's not uh, we don't live in whatever country does that <laughs> thank uh, goodness future america <laughs> Uh, this has been awesome. Thank, thank you, Mike. Thank very you much. as always. And uh, I'm we're all we're all I'm ant- I'm speaking for every listener of this podcast and saying that uh, we uh, want you to bring us along to Radio City if that's possible. Oh, Remember happy- Andy Kindler? Didn't he put a get a bus together? And he he did a show at Radio City. And he did the reverse. He did a show at Radio City Music Hall and then had a bus and then took everyone out for breakfast. Uh, Wasn't you, that? Could you, you do the opposite? Andy of that? Kaufman? Did I say Kindler? I think you did. Yeah, Kaufman. That- <laughs> Kindler. That would be a whole. Wow, yeah, that would amazing! Be- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, Kaufman, I'll, Andy Kaufman. Yeah. So I'll, when I find out when I'm performing at Radio City, I'll, I'll charter a bus from Minneapolis yes, to Radio City. Uh, what is, is that? Like a probably like a twenty hour drive, sixteen something. Sure, sure. I'm not sure. I know it's like sixteen to Chicago. I think so. I forget where we are in relation to that. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, somebody. I've I've stayed awake for sixteen hours <laughs> driving at one point. I'm not going to drive the bus. Okay. But uh, and uh, for those uh, listening, that uh, I, everybody understands that. Uh, uh, you're interviewing comedians, so uh, uh, some of these are jokes. Uh, but I like to do jokes that are based in truth. So uh, I will not get that bus. <laughs> Wink. Wait, his tone seems to indicate. Uh oh. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Thank you.